0: If you are a woman, have you ever been frustrated with the limiting gender roles assigned to you? If you are a man, have you ever come face to face with a woman who is angry for being treated as just a woman? Hello, I'm Dr. Adele Gascoigne, a prophetess of God, social scientist, theologian, conflict resolution expert, and a Proverbs 31 woman. In today's episode, we will look at the nature of the Proverbs 31 man. For ages, men were taught that they are the providers and protectors. In the past few decades, the role of men as teachers in the family and community has also come forth strongly. Yet this paradigm misses the crux of a man's role. In this episode, we'll investigate what that key missing ingredient is. Nowhere did I face more gender discrimination than in the church. When God called me into ministry, he told me to teach men, specifically to correct error in the body of Christ and in leadership regarding the role of women. I've seen a lot of women stagnating, not practicing nor growing in their spiritual gifts or living out their calling, even when they were called to a biblical office of leadership in the body. A good friend of mine is not permitted to do anything her husband doesn't authorise and his view is that a woman's highest calling is to serve her husband. Um, not quite. A woman's highest calling is to serve God and serving her husband includes a part, not all, of that. Yet this type of idolatry has taken root in the body of Christ. About two years ago, when my marriage was still in a rough patch, I cried out to God for help taking stock of my marriage and comparing it to those of friends family and acquaintances i realized that i had much to be grateful for by the one patch where a vagabond tried to influence my husband david to chase money instead of living out our calling he mostly supported the work that i do so whatever else still needed work in our marriage that is a good start and i gave thanks to god for my husband yet even with my husband's support many church leaders are men and I'm still often sidelined in ministry because I'm a woman, and a strong woman at that. I'll remind you here about what we discussed in episode 3 on the nature of woman. The word God uses in scripture for woman is Ezer, which means strength, so a strong woman is true to her divine nature. She's created to be strong and add strength to man, not just as a personal support but as one with leadership authority in her sphere of influence. I was hanging up laundry one afternoon and talked with God. I was feeling very sad about the plight of women who suffer severe oppression in their marriages and in church. I poured out all my grief and frustration and then asked God what I must do about this. He said, look at the Proverbs 31 man. My jaw dropped. I never heard of a Proverbs 31 man before. The Lord said, go read Proverbs 31 and look at the man this time. As I read through Proverbs 31 again, God revealed to me his blueprint for men. Years ago, before I even met David, the Lord said to me that I must prepare for my husband coming. He said my husband will be, as all men should be, an anointed enabler. What is that? I wondered. Anointing means that the Spirit of God will rest on him for a specific purpose. Enabler means he is a man who will enable others. To do what you may ask, a man's role as enabler is the umbrella covering for all other roles provider, protector, teacher, ruler and prophet. He will enable others, not just his wife and children, but people in his sphere of influence through his provision to find and fulfill their calling. He will give them his protection, not just against those who threat their safety and well-being, but also against his own moods and prejudice. He will teach God's true blueprint for the family and community and ensure that those in his care are equipped to fulfill their calling. He will govern over his family and community fairly on kingdom leadership principles, like tempering justice with mercy. He will seek and submit to God's will for every circumstance and help others to establish that personal relationship with God, so they may have an intimate relationship with Him. And hear His voice for themselves. Is this standard high? Indeed it is. Is this standard attainable? By God's grace it is with Jesus as our Redeemer and the Holy Spirit as our guide. What is a Proverbs 31 man like as a husband? In Proverbs 31 we read that this man has full confidence in his wife. What does that mean? He's built a relationship where husband and wife understand and support one another's calling, gifting, roles in the family and community, and goals as individuals and as a couple. He will be fully aware of his wife's business ventures and will surely teach her skills in business if she lacks these. He will be fully aware of his wife's caregiving in the community and she will do it with his knowledge and support. The Proverbs 31 man gives his wife praise publicly for her work and achievements. He's her biggest cheerleader, chief supporter and helps his wife to fulfill her calling as it honors both him and the Lord. What is the Proverbs 31 man like as a dad? A Proverbs 31 man teaches his children to build an intimate relationship with God and to find and fulfill their own calling. He knows the unique plan God has for each of his children and equips them uniquely for their life's work. If he lacks the skill, he seeks a mentor for them and if God appointed one for them, he yields to that mandate and authority. Far too many parents decide what careers their children must train for, and children must yield because the parents control the purse strings. A Proverbs 31 father sets his own ideas and will aside and submits wholly to God's plan and purpose for his children. A Proverbs 31 man realizes he is a steward of his children and answerable to God if he fails. He teaches his sons to be Proverbs 31 men and his daughters to be Proverbs 31 women. He will also teach his children to choose a spouse who will build a Proverbs 31 marriage and community by their side. I want to share with you a personal testimony. When I was a child, I wanted to be a medical doctor. I was born to be a healer even though I was smart enough. When I got to grade 10, I discovered that to go to med school, I had to have Latin from grade eight already, as well as maths and science. Academic performance was not important to my parents and they only started paying attention when I was in grade 12 and their friends began to boast about their kids starting or finishing university. God called me into ministry around that time and specifically into the mission fields of Africa, but I was informed that I would go to university and my subjects were chosen for me. I was ill-suited for the path my father chose and changed it halfway through my first year. I did graduate university but found myself unemployed due to political changes in South Africa. I was trained for the diplomatic corps but a moratorium was placed on employing whites in state departments. So there I was, living far outside the bounds of my calling and not using my innate talents and gifting as a healer. Life has taken me on many detours, but it took about two decades to get back on track. By God's grace those years were not wasted as I've learned much that I can apply in my ministry and healing practice today. Still, I see many people getting derailed or sidetracked simply because parents decide what kind of vocational training they prepare to pay for. God is often not even consulted, let alone his will yielded to. It damages the parent-child relationship, as well as making it difficult to get back on course. Some people never recover from this type of setback. I am content that I am able to help people heal by other means, through coaching, aromatherapy, massage work and deliverance ministry. But a part of me sometimes still yearns for the chance to study and practice medicine, a chance that was denied me so long ago. What is the Proverbs 31 man like as a community leader? The Proverbs 31 man sits at the city gate. It means he's not so busy bringing provision that he does not have time to fulfill a leadership role in the community, be it in the church, local community or in the nation. The city gate in biblical times was the place where contracts were made, disputes were settled and affairs of state discussed. The Proverbs 31 man does not limit his civic duty to voting in elections, but influences policy and makes himself available to serve as a leader or train those in civic leadership in the ways of God. Kingdom principles include administering justice with mercy and finding peaceful solutions to domestic, local, national and international conflicts. Let us look at the character of a Proverbs 31 man. Any man can grow into a Proverbs 31 man. It isn't left to chance but requires a closer look at the values and character he needs to be that man. A Proverbs 31 man does not simply accept values that were handed down to him but check if they are in line with God's word and will. If they are not, he will adjust his mindset and actions to God's blueprint and help others to follow suit. He will build character consistent with God's blueprint for manhood. There are around 300 character qualities and some of them will surely be part of the Proverbs 31 man. So he will be fair and just, accessible, polite, showing compassion and mercy, reliable, loyal, faithful to God and wife, to name just a few of his desirable qualities. The Proverbs 31 man will also have an impressive skill set. From job skills to skills that will label him housebroken, he'll roll up his sleeves to help with household chores and food gardening and knows how to please his wife in the bedroom. He'll have a knowledge of business practice, law and finance and be involved in church or community governance instead of just complaining about it. He will learn money skills across the five pillars of wealth how to earn a living, manage money, asset protection, wealth creation and wealth management. He is a student for life, always increasing his skills and knowledge and always keen to pass it on to those who lack it and to the next generation. I was hoping that David would give this testimony to you himself, but alas, my husband is not feeling very well today. He's having trouble with his spine plating again. So I'm going to share with you from, from both of our perspectives, but primarily what my husband wanted you to know about, why he wants to be a Proverbs 31 man. Now both David and I spent our childhood seeing the effect of men dominating and abusing women. And as children, we've decided that we do not want that kind of life in our own marriage. Yet as adults, we find ourselves trapped in the same cycles. When David and I got married, he was struggling to come to terms with the accident that caused his disability, as well as the loss of business and home. I tried my best to be patient and loving, but I must tell you that sometimes I really lost my temper and it was I was hard-pressed not to walk out of our marriage because David was getting physically abusive as well as constantly verbally and emotionally abusive. I had to keep on reminding myself that I can get through to my husband that God's plan for marriage is different from what we were living. So I kept reminding David that we need to follow the example of Scripture not what was said for us by our parents in the community. As I was crying out to God one day, he reminded me of the Proverbs 31 man, and God had instructed me to share what I have learned with him, with my husband David, but I'd procrastinated a little bit, feeling stressed and depressed in our circumstances. So one day, I simply knuckled down and I got down to writing what God had shown me, and I started writing about the values and character, expanding our first my first book on the Proverbs 31 marriage. And I sat down with David to share it with him. There were some exercises to do in the book and I asked him to go through it with me. And eventually David said to me after the first one or two exercises, he said no, he would like to go through these exercises himself. So I gave him time to do that and on the third day I saw that David was very quiet and withdrawn. So I asked him, honey, are you okay? I can see you're very quiet. What's up with you? And he said to me, Adele, this has really struck home. The material that I worked through really struck a deep chord in me. I thought I was a godly man, he said, and I realized that I wasn't. So the book that I wrote on the Proverbs 31 marriage and the initial work that I did on the workbook was an eye-opener for my husband and even for myself. David had asked me for forgiveness and most importantly, David completely changed. We renewed our vows and we agreed that we would build a Proverbs 31 marriage. Now I'm not sharing with you what we've learned on our journey as if we have all our issues sorted. I'm not going to lie to you, we're still working on this. But we want to share this with you to encourage you that God can transform a marriage, your marriage, like he has transformed ours, and that we're ever working on it and it is ever improving. While we're on this exciting journey, we're going to share with you as we learn and we hope to hear from you that you will tell us if this has inspired you, if this has encouraged you and if this has helped transform your own marriage and share with us the lessons that you have learned. Following the Proverbs 31 model has enriched our marriage. It deepened our love and commitment to one another. And given David and I hope for the future, although our circumstances are still tough, The Proverbs 31 man is a catalyst of transformation in our homes and community. The model for the Proverbs 31 marriage was given in scripture nearly 3000 years ago, yet sadly, through ingrained man-made customs and traditions, it has not yet been implemented in society today. It is time that men realize their role as anointed enablers that enables the women and children God has placed in their care to come to the fullness of their purpose and calling. It is a poor testimony when the church, the body of Christ, is crippled and limping along because women are not encouraged and unable to live out their calling and gifting for the benefit of the whole society. It is time for the whole body to be fully functional and lead in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. David and I would love to hear your comments on this episode and your testimonies if this teaching has helped you so please feel free to get in touch with us via the Facebook page of the International Christian Ministry Council. You can also subscribe to this podcast or for more in-depth teaching on the Proverbs 31 family, spiritual warfare and deliverance on Patreon or check out our ebooks and books including the Proverbs 31 Marriage and Proverbs 31 Man Workbook that are available on Amazon. The Proverbs 31 Marriage Ebook gives a general outline of the model, while the workbook for men that's available as an ebook and in paperback goes much deeper into the values, character, spiritual gifting, and skills a Proverbs City one man must cultivate to reach God's highest standard of manhood, marriage, and leadership. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen.